0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, don't sound so epic.
1: Horns are screaming. I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke. I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming. You only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. All right. Hello. This is Bengals Chalk Talk. Today, my guest is Brad Kelly, and we are talking receivers. Brad, how are you doing
0: today? I'm good. Thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on, man. So, uh, now Brad, uh, obviously, uh, you know, receiver guru that, that most of you probably know from Twitter, uh, puts a lot of great stuff out there. He's got an awesome YouTube, uh, channel right now. Uh, where he's got, he's got clips of every, you know, every catch from a certain guy. He's got all 22 film on there, uh, breaking down receiver prospects, uh, rights for cover one amongst others. Uh, so definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Check out his stuff. Uh, Brad also a, uh, a, a New England, a New Englander, uh, like myself yes. and a, and a Patriots fan. So, uh, I'm, I know. My wife is a Patriots fan. I know it I know it's been a very tough week, so I've gotta ask the question though. Uh you got a you got a slot. Are you, are you riding with Jared Stidham,
0: or or can we make a deal for Andy Dalton? Um, I wanna draft someone, uh, personally. Uh you know, I wasn't anticipating Tom leaving, uh, but once he did I am not interested in personally in a kind of like middling guy that's just gonna to keep the a and eight. I'd probably rather roll with Jared Stidham um, for a year, see what you have. And then but also I'd rather draft the quarterback and uh develop him for a year and I guess compete. But I don't think I want to, like, roll with the vet right now. I'd rather get another draft piece in and, and between the two of them, you know, you got a competition to see who's going to move forward.
1: How, how do you think the fan base would react, Uh you know, if they put Jared Stidham in there and – you know it's a it's a three four win season, and you know they're they're bringing Hoyer in off the street and trying to rookie and you know if they have that kind of struggle that they haven't had uh in you know honestly most people that are listening to this probably's lifetime <laughs> you know uh you know how how do you think people around here will will
0: react um I don't think you know, the first thing I say I don't think they'll ever have a season like that just because. One, I think they have the best secondary in the league. The defense will be strong again. They were the best defense in the league last year, statistically. They'll probably still be a top five. And they have Bill Belichick. Uh, and even offensively, I think the offensive line can improve. Isaiah went year two as a starter. David Andrews is going to be back. They were able to franchise Joe Tooney, so he'll be back. Shaq Mason and Marcus Cannon are back. So the offensive line should improve with Andrews Andrews returning and Isaiah Wendt entering year two. Uh, and then I think Guys like Nikhil Harry is going to be better, uh, him entering year two. They still have a few other weapons in-house, like Julian who Muhammad Sadush, uh you know, be their typical selves. I don't think the drop-off, to, I mean, Tom's obviously the best, but the best ever, in my opinion. But even the drop-off from what he was last year to a rookie, I still think is going to keep them with at least six to eight, six to nine wins. Um, I don't think they are winning a division if Jerry Siddham is a starting quarterback. I think the Bills have kind of probably put themselves at the top. But I don't think they'll ever have a season quite like that. Um, I think the reaction if they're bad uh, will be better served if they're in contention for a top-five pick and they're in position to get a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I'll take one year of tanking if you get one of those two guys in a 2021 draft. Personally, I don't know about the perspective of, of the rest of the fans. Yeah, I got you,
1: and and I think that would be the the silver lining to it. It's just, oh, you know, I I mean the entire time I've been out here, they've been you know they've been a championship team. I I, I moved out here after grad school in two thousand eight, and um and you know I I don't know. I mean maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, but but the feeling I get is that um, I I feel like Boston sports people are super loyal to the Red Sox and to the Bruins, regardless. But I feel like the Celtics. It kind of depends on if they're good for most people, um, and 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 I wonder, you know, I wonder what it is as, as, as a football town uh, when the team is down.
0: And, I to I can't draw from experience, uh, as, as cocky as that is to say, because um, they've been, like you said, they've had top Brady <laughs> as a starting quarterback since I was eight. Uh, so it's hard. It's hard for me to predict, but I I think that they won't be too bad, and if they are, I hope that there's the perspective that you know we're going to be able to get a great quarterback prospect because of it. Um, kind of like the the Colts did uh, when Peyton Manning got hurt. They had one bad season, and then they went with Andrew Luck. I mean, that's great. That's realistically as good of a situation as you can hope for. Yeah,
1: you know, it's crazy to think. I mean, obviously, we know about how many Super Bowls they've won. We know about the last 20 years. But even going back further than that, they went to a Super Bowl in the 90s. They went to mm-hmm. a Super Bowl in the 80s. Um, you know, and I mean, now we're, we're, we're just breaking into a new decade, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's four decades of, of at least getting there once. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty crazy. I don't even know if the Steelers can say that. That's, that's, uh, that's insane. But uh, let, let's move on. Let's, uh let's talk about more pleasant things. Let's get into the draft a little bit. So um, now we'll talk, uh, you know, in, in a minute about who your, your overall top guy is. I know, uh, there's the top three that are in contention for that for most people um mm-hmm. but let's kind of break it down by what 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 you're looking for Because uh, i I really think that you know i I really think with the receiver position uh maybe not the top top of the draft, but I think a lot of times it it it, can, it comes down to what's gonna be a good fit for your offense and who's gonna give you something that's a a little bit different uh when you're making decisions about who to add so uh, now the Bengals uh, have been uh, at, at the they, last time they took a receiver at the top of the draft. Uh, they went with a speed guy. Uh, looked looked good at times uh, earlier uh, in, in the season uh, before uh, uh, you know b- before the uh, season really got out of control for the Bengals. But uh, obviously a lot of injury concerns for John Ross. Uh, who is the who is the best uh, speed uh, you know? Uh, you know, really really speedy, deep right, uh kind of guy in this year's draft.
0: Uh, well, it's going to be Henry Ruggs III from Alabama. Um, I don't like his comparison to John Ross. I think he's a, better, a lot better route runner at this stage compared to what Ross was. Um, I think he's able to play uh, more on the outside because his consistency against press coverage is there, whereas John Ross was kind of spotty when he was coming out of Washington. Um, so the best one would be Henry Ruggs, and, and beyond that, Ruggs has I think three drops in his college career. Like he, ca- he catches everything, he's a vacuum. Uh, he can win while crowded; it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Um, so I think he's a better prospect than what Ross was. Uh, I think he's the best speed threat in the class, and you can do so much, and you can do so much with him because he changes the angles of the defense, whether that be going in free snap motion or that be stretching the field vertically. But I think there's other good speed threats beyond him as well. If a team misses out on him, K J Hamler from Penn State uh would, would be would be my next guy. Uh and, and Jalen Rieger who didn't run out of TCU who didn't run as well as we thought he was going to, he was a little bit heavier uh at the combine. I think he was like two oh six, so he ran in the low four fours. Everyone was expecting four threes. Uh so maybe a guy who it doesn't have to necessarily the you know, the four two speed that we saw from Ruggs and probably the low four three from K J Hamler but another guy who could stretch the field from the boundary. Uh, with with a low four four speed.
1: Do you see uh, Hamler and Rieger as as strictly slot guys in the NFL?
0: I think Hamler is a slot guy for sure. Um, I think Rieger can play on the outside. Rieger's uh, length and his his like his bulk, I think, projects probably honestly maybe a little bit better to the outside. Uh, okay. he can he can get vertically. I think his route, is not super. Uh, there's not a lot of branches to his route tree, but what he can do is get vertical outside of the numbers. When it comes to handler, a lot smaller, uh, a lot, uh, has less length. I mean, just kind of like a skinny kid right now. Uh, so, and he also has issues, uh, with con- a lot of issues with contact. So I think with him, you want to get him his free releases and let him build his speed up and, and stretch the field from the seams.
1: So who do you think – Overall, uh you know, is it Hamler would, would be the best, uh, you know, small uh smaller slot type of receiver in the draft or are the other guys that you like in uh would be the Alex Harrison type of role for the Bengals or or
0: your uh your Julian Edelman kind of role? I think as far as I think as far as a pure slot goes, Hamler is probably the best. Now obviously there's guys who could play in the slot, like Jerry Judy's gonna have slot reps and everything like that. But I think as far as a pure slot goes, Hamler would be the best. Um, there are some others but none that have his like his dynamic playmaking ability, his ability to get vertical. I think he had eleven receptions of more than twenty yards last year. And on top of that his stuff his ability after the catch. Um it is great for for a slot guy who you get the ball too quickly, uh, you know, and get the ball like right out of the quarterback's hands get the ball and let him go to work after the catch. So I think he would be the top pure slot receiver.
1: What about a bigger slot, uh, you know, in the, in the Tyler Boyd,
0: Larry Fitzgerald kind of mold? So that'd be that be Justin Jefferson from LSU. Uh, I think Jefferson can play on the outside because whenever they they tried to press him, whether that be when he was playing the slot or when the LSU got into a bunch of sets, it did not go well for the defense. But I think his natural fit is going to be inside, and if he team does does that uh, amount of a condensed and bunch uh, sets that LSU did, that's where he's really going to thrive. Uh, good length. He caught 111 out of 134 targets uh, last year at LSU, which is yeah, 80 something percent. But the thing that I like about that is he only had 69 percent of his targets be on target. So he, not only was he catching everything, but he was also like extending his catch radius. He was fixing accuracy. Uh, like Joe Burrow, when the throw was a little bit off, he was fixing it. It didn't matter. And I think he's a great great route runner, especially for a guy who's like 6'2". Uh, you don't see that type of flexibility and that type of ability out of cuts for guys his, with his length typically. So I think he's that kind of natural fit. He's going to catch everything. Uh, he's going to expand his catch rate. He's just going to get open.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how the best quarterbacks uh, always seem to have some receivers that, that are able to help them out a little bit too. Uh, you definitely see that on the NFL level as well. Uh, now, um, moving on, uh, where do you think, uh, you know, who do you think is the is the best, you know, like true receiver one type of guy, uh, an A.J. Green type? I mean, we know T. Higgins was supposed to be the A.J. Green, but we know that's not going to be the case. Uh, you know, who do, who do you think can be that uh, that type of guy for, uh, for a team?
0: So I think the top three receivers in the class are Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. Now, I, my order is Ruggs, Lamb, Judy, but I think they're – all three are top twelve players in the class, and put kind of puts them in their own tier. Where where it kind of depends on what you want and need for your offense. Depending on who, so depending on who you're going to draft between the three of them. For some teams, I would be okay with taking Jerry Judy over Lamb or Rugs. A team like the San Francisco Forty Nineers, uh, just because I think he fits well into their offense. But when it comes to just the guy who I think is going to be like that number one for sure, wide receiver player on the outside and make plays for you for 10 years, I think that's going to be CeeDee Lamb. Uh, bigger than, than Judy and Ruggs, and has that, that boundary type of game. Can win while he's contesting, but can also get open. Um, some really good strength, great ball skills. I think that he's going to be the closest, sure thing to a top receiver of a passing offense in the class. Beyond him, I think it's Denzel and baylor Bigger, faster, stronger than every, anyone he's going to face. Um he tore up the Senior Bowl. He was awesome during one-on-ones. He went to the combine. Had an outstanding combine from an explosiveness and speed perspective. So I think he is also projects also as the top the top passing option uh, in an offense as well.
1: Yeah, and, and Memphis is a guy that uh, uh, Bengals fans have, have been all over for a while, but absolutely, you know, great performance uh, at the Senior Bowl, and uh, you know, thanks to. Thanks to you and others, uh, seeing some of those one-on-one clips is <laughs> was very helpful for that stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, I yeah, did a great job there. And then, uh, I mean, I, I was very surprised at the combine. Um, you know, I thought he, you know, I, I thought he was fast. I didn't think he was that fast. Um, and, and he's a guy that, you know, all of a sudden, uh, I, all of a sudden Bengals fans want him at 33 and, Maybe he's not even gonna be there uh but i mean it is a crazy group of receivers, so it'll be interesting to see the way things uh shake down with this receiver class um a couple other kind of types uh I'd like to ask you about so uh are there is there anybody else who's a you know more of a red zone uh target bigger guy uh in the in the auden take kind of mold uh you know maybe not an absolute you know, not not necessarily a speed beat him deep threat but a guy who can really
0: uh, go up and, and bring down the rebounds. Absolutely. So that, it's Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon State. Um, awesome contested catcher guy. I think he was over 50% in those situations and had a lot of them. Part of the reason he had a lot of them is because he runs 4-6. Uh, but he had a lot of uh, red zone touchdowns as well. And, and, if, and I think like four or five of them were low red zone. So inside the 10, just kind of jump ball type of guy. 6'4", I mean, lot, lot great body control, can really sky up and go get it. Um, pretty fluid on the ground for his size, just not necessarily like super, you know, has a ton of speed to him. But I think he's very fluid. I think he goes and tacks the ball well and he finishes strong. So Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon State.
1: All right. And then the Bengals don't really have this kind of guy, uh, but the, the, like the running back, you know the, the the running back style receiver. You know the guy who's kind of like a like a thicker body and the guy you really want to get involved in the run game. Kind of kind of that tweener, the Cordell uh, Cordell Patterson uh, tweener that people never really know what to do with. I think Laviska chenault has been kind of talked about in that mold. Um, it, it, it would would he be a guy that? I mean, do you see him fit into that kind of role in the NFL, or are there there are others that you think are are that kind of guy
0: that could have more success? I think it's Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Uh, okay. So Gibson came in this past year after not starting as a junior and took over the role that Tony Pollard of the Cowboys had left at Memphis, uh, which is kind of that hybrid slot receiver running back. He had um, 33 carries. and averaged like 11 yards per carry or something this past year at Memphis. And then on when it came to catching the ball, he was like a big play guy, over almost 20 yards to catch and eight touchdowns. Now, he only, you know, touched the ball like, I think like 72 times in the season. Uh, And it was pretty much right down down the middle between receptions and and rushes. But his yards per touch was was like 14, 15 yards. I think he had like 12 touchdowns. So just like a a big play machine who can catch passes from the stock and catch passes from the backfield. And I think he checked in on almost 220 pounds. Um, I think he's going to end up in that. Not the same. He's not the same style of player, but he's going to end up in that role that Austin Eckler plays for the Chargers, where he's catching a lot of passes from the backfield, schemed up catches from the backfield, but also can kind of move out to the spot, even move out to the outside of the formation, send him in motion, that type of that type of stuff. But in a in a lot bigger of a body. Yeah, he's uh,
1: over six feet, two twenty eight at the combine, and, and ran a four three nine at that size. Uh, so yeah. yeah, pretty pretty ridiculous. I mean, it it is crazy the like multi talented guys that that memphis is is putting out um you know between uh uh you know him obviously with with pollard last year and um you know they're they're really uh doing some interesting things there and putting out some uh very uh you know very dynamic prospects with those guys coming out here so um yeah and, and, and that's a great one to mention i am not hearing a ton of talk about him but but yeah you I mean you see his speed on film and and again with what the modern n f l is uh at the running back receiver you know position looking for those guys that can kinda of do a little bit of of everything um it's a uh, you know he he's he's a very interesting uh very interesting prospect at that spot coming out so um now uh Moving on, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, Jefferson. You mentioned Mims. Uh, obviously, we've talked about Lamb, Judy, Rugs. Uh, at the end of the day, how many how many of these guys can actually go in round one? <laughs> uh, are, are there going to be anybody left uh, for the Bengals at thirty
0: three? I think it's going to be five guys taken in, in the first round. I think it's going to be Judy. Lamb and Ruggs as like the top three. There's going to be a little bit of a of a gap, and then Justin Jefferson and Denzel Mims will both go in the first round. Um, I think T Higgins. He had a sluggish day at his pro day after not doing athletic testing at the combine. Probably pushed him into the second round. I think Jalen Rieger running in the four fours um, and not being as uh, really as as quick at the combine injury. I think he should go with the short shuttle. Uh, pushed him into the second round. Um, so I think just beyond those top five, I think there's going to be guys. I think K.J. Hamler's side is going to push him into the second round. So I think just beyond those top five, they'll be, will be in the first round. I think there's no Kuiper so like 27 can go in the first three rounds or something like that. I don't see that happening. Um, I think it's going to be like five or six in the first, and then we'll see, you know, it's maybe seven or eight each in the in the next two rounds. But I think there's still going to be good options at pick 33. Um, it would be great if, if Jefferson fell. I just don't necessarily see it with a lot of teams needing wide receivers in the early 20s, um, the Eagles, Patriots, uh, the Saints are at 24. There's just a lot of potential for people moving around the board in the later stages of the first round to get one and teams who need, who need receivers.
1: Yeah, there's a pretty good little run in there. Um, and, you know, the Bengals are in need of a linebacker, too. And, and really, uh, in the 20s there, there's a good run of teams that, that could take a linebacker. There's a good run of teams that could take a receiver. Uh, there's actually a pretty decent amount of overlap with those teams, too. So, um, yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, uh if they get out of there uh you know sorry uh if all of those guys are gone in round 1 uh who do you think you know, let's say the Bengals are locked in and hopefully they're not thinking this way but they're locked in that they're definitely going to take a receiver uh who's who's your number 6 guy? Uh
0: my 6th guy would be Jalen Reed uh from who will be Rieger. Okay. Uh however, if I'm thinking about it from the Bengals perspective, I'm not certain that I would take Rieger at pick 33 just because of the fact that I already have Tyler Boyd, I already have AJ Green, and I already have John Ross. I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure where Rieger fits in. Um, I think maybe hopefully waiting and possibly taking a guy like KJ Hamler would probably be the route I would go um, just because the strength you already have at the position and also the fit uh as far as varying the skill set of the position goes, I'm not certain that reader fits fits too well. Okay,
1: now, I'm going to butcher the name probably, but uh, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, Brandon Ayuk from uh, Arizona State? Yeah, so it's Ayuk. I know I IU. That up for me.
0: I <laughs> not that even close. I've, I found that out like a week ago. Uh, so Brandon oh, okay. Ayuk, Arizona State. He's only about five eleven, six foot. Super long arms, and explosiveness is is, is great. Um, Great jumps at the combine, ran 4-5 flat, uh, so good speed, too. Um, he is a boundary receiver, and he's a vertical guy, and he's a big play guy. His yards per catch was great. His average depth for target was great, and his yards after catch were great. So my big thing is, when it comes to counting the receiver position, so last year, DK Metcalf was my number one overall receiver, and the reason was there's two things a receiver can do that are the most valuable things. The two most valuable traits for a receiver vertical receiving and yards after the catch. Because when you can do those two things, you're talking about touchdowns. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to execute eight plays, nine plays, ten plays to have a touchdown drive. It's a one shot touchdown. Those are the two most valuable things because it, and the way that that it makes the defense adjust to one single player, you're really taking two guys with you no matter where you go, and the rest of the offense is playing 10 versus 9. So Brandon Ayuk fits that mold in the idea that he's a vertical receiver and he's a great yard guy for the catch. However, there's an issue that I have with his uh, ability to get vertical in the NFL, and it's he's really, really struggles with press coverage. Struggles with press, struggles with contact, doesn't really know how to disengage from it. So I'm concerned that his vertical receiving isn't going to translate to the NFL as well as a guy like E.K. did, or well as a guy like Adrian Readers is going to. So, while he has those two, those two, the two most valuable traits in college, in the Pac 12, I need to see him get work in on beating press before I have a, have a, you know, comfortable uh, transition form to the NFL. Uh, so for me, he's a mid round prospect. I have him in round three. I understand why people would like to have him take him earlier, maybe in round two. Uh, I just have a small concern about his, his, the thing that's going to, the reason that you're going to draft him, I'm concerned about. How he's going to get to that point. So
1: he's a guy. He hasn't had a ton of buzz lately, but but early on, people were people were all over him. A lot there was a lot of talk about him. Um, another guy that a lot of people have talked about is Michael Pittman Jr. from uh, USC. Uh, I've heard some Michael Thomas comps with him. Uh, where, where do you think uh, he he fits in, and, and you know, what do you think his future is in the NFL? Yeah, I,
0: I like Michael Pittman Jr. He's my highest uh, ranked third-round wide receiver. Really great size. I mean, he's a, he's a specimen. When you when you see him in person, you know he has the the height, length, and the build. He's he's like real cut. Um, so great looking prospect. On top of that, uh, he he was a guy who could win vertically, but I think he's best in the intermediate uh, portions of the field, so like the intermediate third. And really a guy who's able to separate in the curl window uh, because he has that thread of always going vertical and, and on him breaking routes. So uh, a well-rounded prospect, a senior, came out. He had a decent week. He only did two practices uh, at the Senior Bowl before, uh, leaving with an injury. But a big, athletic, strong kid, cr- really good production, and I'm not really concerned about really any of his, any of his traits. I just don't necessarily see him as this, like, Stud number one guy. I think he's going to be like a number two receiver for you, uh, and and because he's a well-rounded prospect uh, without really any glaring weaknesses.
1: All right, and then um, you know another guy that uh, I, actually you're kind of the opposite. I, I don't feel like uh, a ton of people are talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan, but maybe you know, watch this film. All the guys doing is making plays, and and you talk about. You know, we we talked about making t- contested catches and why you're making contested catches. I think his is because he didn't have a quarterback that could get him the ball necessarily. Uh, but where do you think uh, uh, People's Jones could could fit in?
0: So he's interesting because he has his best season really statistically um, was his freshman year, and the past two years he's kind of struggled to produce um, because Shea Patterson was his quarterback, uh, and and Shea's skill set as far as playing QB, did not fit well with what Donovan Peoples-Jones does Does well. Uh, however, he was the number one receiver prospect coming out of high school, and for good reason, he's a freak athlete. 6'2", two, two, twelve. he ran in the fourth floors, but his vertical and his broad jumper, 99th percentile for wide receivers. So, super explosive guy, uh, good speed and great size. He can get vertical, he can win vertically. There are a few plays during his sophomore year where uh, I can't remember who they are playing, but the team, he was, they have moved people shown into the slot, and they weren't like really pressing the slot. They weren't really covering it, allowing him to, to get a free release, build up the speed, and just like just cook, cook the safeties. Like, you guys need to get someone on him quickly. So he's a guy who can win like that, but also has a size to win outside. Um, not a ton of production, like I, like I mentioned, and I think that's the reason why his buzz is a little bit lower. But a guy who has a ton of potential just because of his athleticism. He came out as a junior as well, so he's on on the younger side and a former former five star recruit. So I think he's a, a probably a mid round pick just because there isn't there wasn't that college production. Probably maybe in the third round, maybe he could sink into the second because of his because of his combine performance. But there's a lot of potential in Peoples Jones.
1: Yeah, his um, looking at his stats right now, um, and uh, you know compared to Pittman. He's got like about almost exactly a third of the receptions on the year. Uh, and, and just maybe a hair over a third of the yards in the year. Um, half as many touchdowns, but yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. And I've, I've got, you know, I've got second round grades on both those guys. I'm looking at them like, I'm like, geez, when you look at that. So he, he is another guy too that, you know, you mentioned how he can jump out of the gym. Uh, I, when I evaluate anybody, I I try and avoid information other than the film until I've watched the film, you know. I was like mm-hmm. I don't want it to to bias me. And when I I watched his tape, and then I went and I looked up information on him, I couldn't believe he was six two, like like he plays like a big dude. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it, it, yeah, with like six two is uh, you know two three inches shorter than than what I thought he was going to be. So yeah, definitely uh, definitely an impressive guy there. Um, now. This is a uh, kind of interesting. Uh, both both Brad and I uh, live in the smallest state in the country, uh, and yet we have never met in person. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, also surprisingly, uh, two wide receivers from the University of Rhode Island uh, attended yeah. the NFL Combine, um, and um, you know I, Isaiah Coulter for for one was man he he he, had, he looked crazy. Uh, in some of the, in some of those drills, so uh, can you talk about uh, Coulter and uh, Aaron Parker a little bit, and you know how these uh, uh, FCS guys uh, you know can make a make an impact
0: in the next level? Yeah, so Aaron Parker and Isaiah Coulter, they're actually first cousins, um, and Parker's a year older. Parker's a senior uh, at URI, and he had a lot of buzz coming into the year because he had a great season last year. His first team All CAA. Um, and he had the more productive season this year. But Isaiah Coulter, who was only a junior, uh, had a had a great year as well. They're both over 1,000 yards. And Parker got first-team All-American in the in the FCS. And Coulter got second-team All-CAA. But he decided to declare for the draft as well. Uh, so Parker went to the East West, East-West Shrine game, had a really strong week there. I got to the combine, and he wasn't a super explosive athlete. But a guy with good size, good speed, I think, Coulter, as a junior, who had a better combine, probably has the more potential, and I think that's the way the NFL teams are going to see it. But both guys are pretty strong athletes. Coulter a little bit more explosive, uh, really productive FCS guys, and just not what you typically see. And obviously they come from an athletic family. Not what you typically see at URI, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but two guys who I think are going to get drafted probably on day three uh one based off his of Sabine and his and Coulter and his production, and then Parker uh, based off his production and his, his work with the East West Shrine Game, uh, really surprising. And they actually have a guard, Kyle Murphy, who's probably going to get drafted too. Um, so really surprising to see that. And uh, I got to go, I got to go to a game. Uh, and they're both imp- as impressive in person as you see on their film. And uh, I got to interview Isaiah. He's an impressive, uh, you know, really polite, well-spoken young man as well. So. Two guys I think are going to – it's, it's going to be surprising on day three when we see three URI grads uh, get taken. <laughs> that, that is different. <laughs> you definitely, definitely don't see that one every day. Um, it's three, no, they're going have three guys get drafted, and they went three and eight or something like that. And they were the only – they were the fourth FCS team in 20 years to have three of their players at the NFL Combine, and they still struggle <laughs> to to win games. Yeah. Oof. That's –
1: no comment on, uh, on on that. But uh, <laughs> now uh, another guy uh, from a, from a smaller school uh, that, that has had a quite a bit of buzz is uh, Antonio Gandy Golden from Liberty. Um, you know, you know I, I look at him um, and uh, you know, uh, definitely has a, has a real nice skill set. Uh, you know, reminds me a little bit of a like a Kenny Gold Day. Uh, where, where do you think he uh, fits in at the NFL
0: level? So I think that Kenny Golden, uh, like you said, big. Like you said, reminds me of Kenny Galladay, big strong guy, like broad framed, uh, can really dominate defensive backs with his with his strength and his size. Uh, de- definitely a boundary receiver. It's what he played almost essentially, uh, almost exclusively at Liberty. Um, guy can get vertical, can win in the intermediate. I think he's a strong contested catch guy, but um, I have concerns about his separation. So I think he's going to be a, probably a starter in the NFL, but a guy who's not going to be that, that number one, number two type of option. I think he's an out, outside boundary receiver on a team who kind of has their passing offense run through the slot or through their running backs or tight ends. Um, so, And on top, of, on top of that, to be honest, one thing I noticed about him consistently over the last few years, he was a great stock blocker, which I always appreciate when the, when the receiver is given a little bit more effort uh, while during run blocking. Uh, So I think he's a starter in the NFL, but I think he's going to end up on day three. is because I don't think he has that dominating athleticism or separation uh, in his outrun. All
1: right. Uh, So are there any other kind of deep sleepers that that, uh, are jumping out of of the film to you that uh, you think a lot of people aren't really talking about?
0: I don't know if I would call them deep sleepers, but two guys I would mention would be Van Jefferson from Florida and K.J. Hill from Ohio State. Uh, Both came out as redshirt seniors. Uh, so a little bit advanced age, but both had good weeks in Mobile, uh, strong route runners, separation for both of them, and, and soft hands for both of them, which I think is an easy projection uh, to the NFL as a guy who's not going to be that – he's going to be a complementary – they're both going to be complementary pieces, but strong complementary pieces because I know they're going to get open. and I know they're going to catch the ball. And then the other one would be his buzz has really died out because he had a, a weak uh, uh, combine, really, really weak combine. But Jawan Jennings from Tennessee is an interesting prospect because he has great size. He's good size, but he's great strength, and that is as a blocker because they use a Tennessee they have a lot of bunch sets, so he's kind of he was involved in run blocking a lot, and he broke thirty tackles on just fifty nine receptions last year, so he's breaking a tackle every two he touches the ball. So he's a great yak receiver, a guy who can, you can get involved in the screen game. He's never going to be take the top off the defense. Uh, he's never going to be a super dynamic athlete, but he's a really strong prospect, uh, re- a really strong kid, and, and a guy who you can, you can get the ball to and, and let go to work and, and let be a blocker. So interesting fit. I don't know exactly which team is going to try to use him, but even despite his lack of athleticism, I think he he's going to make some noise.
1: All right, so we'll get into the uh, the superlative lightning round now uh, okay. so just uh you know i'm just, i'm just gonna ask you uh who's who, who's the best uh, and and uh just you know give me give me the first answer that comes to your mind so who's the best route runner in the NFL, or in the uh, nFL draft Jerry Judy all right how about best contested catch guy c d Lamb. all right best deep threat.
0: Whoo. Henry, Henry Ruggs. Yeah. Best hands. Hey Cees DuBoois from Virginia. All right. All right.
1: We're 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 getting the deeper cut there. I like it. Zero zero, zero uh,
0: drops on 76 receptions. Not sure.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. How about um third and long got to convert. Who's the most clutch? I'd probably say Michael Pittman Jr. Okay. Fact, All right.
0: I'll,
1: I'll take that. And uh who's the best stock blocker?
0: I say it's between Ganey Golden and Benzel Mims. Okay. Wow, Mim's in there too, huh? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well the
1: uh well, that was a that was kind of a thing. That was getting a little buzz from uh uh Bengals fans. Uh, last year was, was the emphasis that, uh, Zach Taylor was putting on, uh, receivers being able to block, like how much he liked to talk about it. So it'd be interesting. You mentioned a few guys for their blocking bill. It'd be interesting to see if they, they end up with one of those guys. So, all right. So final thing, we'll, we'll switch. We, we started off talking about quarterbacks and, you know, like everything in the NFL, it, it begins and ends with the quarterback. So, uh, this is a Bengals podcast. So who is your Joe Burrow comp?
0: <laughs> uh, so I saw one one comparison that was um, Matt Ryan when he was coming out of Boston College was a bit more mobile, Uh and but so that type of skill set, but kind of mixed with the way that Tony Romo decided to play when he became the starter of the Cowboys. So I think that's kind of what I what I envision, kind of what I see um, the the skill set of of a Matt Ryan when he was 22 with the, the play style of a, of a Tony Romo. All now, right. That's not, I that's like that's it. Not origi- that's not original for me. It's not original for me. I didn't come up with that, but that's the one where I, when I watched Joe and I've watched every snap you took this year, that's kind of what I, what I agreed with the most.
1: All right. I like it. I like it. So uh, that is, uh, that is going to be it. So appreciate you joining me, Brad. Um, as we said, He's got a he's got a YouTube channel, he's got uh he, he works with uh cover one. Uh where
0: else can people find your work? Yeah, so the Twitter page is at Brad Kelly seventeen K E L L Y one seven. Uh and then my work can be found, cover one dot net and pro football uh network dot uh, com. Uh and then I'll also start um you like I said you said the YouTube Brad Kelly on YouTube. It's a picture of me back when I played. So it's a, I'm wearing like a blue jersey. Um, so you can s- uh, subscribe to that as well, and I soon will be writing for Pro Football Magazine, and you can find the links to all those uh, in my Twitter bio. All
1: right, awesome. So, Pro Football Magazine, not associated with uh, with the evil empire that is Pro Football Talk. Uh, no. no. So, uh, so, Bengals fans, you can go ahead and check that out. Don't worry, Mike is not getting paid for it. So, all right. Uh, well, uh, yeah, once again, appreciate it, and uh, we'll keep coming back here. I know a lot of you were locked in, not going to work, all that type of stuff. Uh, good days coming for Bengals fans. So keep it right here. We're gonna, I'm gonna pump out as much content as I can, keep people, keep people busy, keep people doing stuff. Uh, so, so keep checking back, but for sure every Thursday we'll have an episode and I'm trying to sneak a, you know, sneak, sneak another one in at least every week. Uh, check out the videos, uh, on, uh, the Cincy Jungle. YouTube page as well. Uh, actually, just today, uh, I posted one on DJ Reader. It is literally my screen while I watch DJ Reader film for the first time. So, uh, you know, there's there's good and bad with that. The the bad is, you know, there's like a series of plays where he's not on, and I'm just like skipping by, and it's probably kind of boring for a second. But I don't know. Maybe that's funny. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the good is, you're like, you're getting my live reactions and stuff, and, and you know, kind of. I don't know, I guess, uh, I guess it's a little bit behind the scenes. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's on there. You can definitely check that out, about a half-an-hour video on there. And we'll keep that stuff coming as well.